0: is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 499, recorded on Thursday, October the 1st, 2020. Not only is it number 499, Jason, but it's now October. Friggin' Tover. (laughs) That's typically what I call it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There it is.
0: So today is a big day because not only is it episode 499 for us, which means our next one is 500. It also means that as of right now, you can watch the season 10 season finale on AMC plus if you are lucky enough to have that service at your house. So, as we sit here recording Jason, there might be people sitting down in front of their t v watching the finale
1: that's that's super. I just got an email about a m c plus really yeah, and I'm wondering I should look into that because like today, I got that email uh, about a m c plus and apparently you can get it through Amazon, like your amazon prime. It's an add on to the prime
0: anyway, really I'll have to look into it yeah, that's interesting i I'd be surprised, frankly, if it was available to us as Canadians. But I have Amazon Prime. You have Amazon Prime, so maybe it is. That's that's exciting.
1: Yeah. Uh, introducing AMC Plus, the premium streaming bundle that adds only the good stuff. Oh, this well. This was good. sent specifically to me. How to watch? And it is Amazon Prime. Uh, no, Prime Video Channel Five or whatever. Okay. So Apple TV. Anyway, Apple TV Plus. This looks like it was introduced
0: to Canada today. Well, that's very exciting. So that means that we should just cancel this podcast and go watch the finale. Yeah, we're not going to do that, but it's a good idea. Really? You really want to do that? No, I don't want to do that. But maybe when we're done here, I'm going to start watching it if I can. Uh, Either way, we got to get through this podcast, which is fine. It's going to be great. We've got some Walking Dead news and we're going to talk about the Lauren Cohan movie, The Boy. Um... And then uh, get right into the finale, which we are going to record about on our usual day and time, the Tuesday after the Sunday. So that'll be next Tuesday, uh, because the world will get to see the Walking Dead finale on Sunday night on AMC for all those people that uh, are suckers and don't have AMC+. Plus.
1: Can I, can I ask you a question, Chris? Sure. Did I just tell you something Walking Dead related that you did not know well, that
0: I, I did? That's crazy! I didn't receive the email, and I usually receive the emails.
1: Okay, I'm a little,
0: I'm taken aback. I'm kind <laughs> of speechless. It's the first time this has ever happened. <laughs> this is the first time this has ever happened. Yeah, well, that's exciting, man. I, I truly do hope it's available to us. Uh, but if not, I'm gonna have to call you out on fake news, Jason.
1: Well, it does say introducing. Right, okay. And if it was meant for an American audience, they would not be sending out an email saying introducing AMC+. Plus.
0: I, I guess, un- unless it's new to them too, because before this it was called AMC Premier, right? Uh, well. I don't know. Either way, that's exciting news. So if you're Canadian, go check your Amazon Prime Video account. Maybe you'll get it too. Uh, so speaking of our 500th episode next week, we have been asking listeners to send in their name recordings for our opening. I've gotten a bunch already, probably more than we can use in the opening. So as I said, when we announced this a few weeks ago, I will be randomly choosing some to use at the beginning, but then we'll just use them all at the end of the podcast. So you will be on the show if you send in a recording of your name. I think it's going to be really fun and it's turning into a great idea. So uh, I look forward to send uh, including those. And if you want to do that just record yourself saying something like and my name is Jimmy or whatever and uh we'll we'll get it on the air. Don't
1: ever don't everybody write in or send in my name is Jimmy cuz you know if we get an abnormal uh abnormal amount of Jimmies in the next little while Chris mm-hmm. I'm going to have to blame you.
0: Well, it will be my fault but you know insert your real name there and get those in email them to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. uh before Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, if that's okay. So I have a little bit of time to get everything organized. All right, Jason, we're going to do a bit of Walking Dead news here before we talk about the Lauren Cohan movie, The Boy. So let's do the news. Cool, cool, cool. The Walking Dead news. Our first item in the news this week is that The Walking Dead has been nominated for four People's Choice Awards. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The four categories the show is nominated in are Drama Show of 2020, so Best Drama Show of the Year. The uh, Norman Reedus was nominated for the Best Male TV Star of 2020. Mm. Denai Guerrera, the Best Female TV Star of 2020, and also Denai Guerrera as just the overall dramatic star of 2020. Nice. So some pretty good, uh, nominations there. You can vote because these are the people's choice. You can vote for them at pca.eonline.com. Uh, and I wasn't smart enough to write down when voting opens or closes, but do it as soon as you hear this. I'm sure, I'm sure it opens at some point and then closes sometime afterwards. Very likely. I would say, yeah, very likely. Uh, the, the Walking Dead does not receive a ton of these kinds of accolades, you know, where, where... I really do believe it should sometimes, but if you want to help some awards be distributed to your favorite TV stars, go and vote for Norman and Denai and just the show in general. And you never know what might happen. It'll be fun. Cool. All right. That that was a quick one. Our next one here might take a little longer. So are you familiar, Jason, with Magic the Gathering? Yes. So you've heard of it or do you, do you know everything <laughs> about it?
1: Well, I know quite a bit about it. I used to have, uh, I wish that I had my original deck from back in, oh my goodness, it's far too far in the past for me to even think about. Somewhere (laughs) in the 90s, like with Black Borders, and this deck would be worth some cash, but I gave it away in probably the late 90s. Mm. to somebody who was playing Magic the Gathering and I was no longer
0: playing. But yes, I've played quite a bit of Magic. Okay, well... Back in the day. You might have to help me out with this one a little bit here because although I have heard of the game, I know nothing about it. I have never played it. I've never even watched anybody play it. So, um, basically, The Walking Dead is crossing over with Magic the Gathering. This was announced um, just last week, and there's going to be walking dead cards introduced Mm -hmm. into the magic universe of cards. Nice. Uh, Clayton Newman, who is the vice president of games and entertainment at AMC networks said, each of the cards have mechanics that are inspired by either the characters or the elements of the walking dead universe that they represent. And these mechanics are brand new to the world of magic. So that doesn't tell me too much. Um, we do know that the complete set of cards will be revealed during the episode of Talking Dead on October 4th. So this Sunday after the show airs and they will be available for pre-order on the same day. So here's where things get a little confusing for me. Um, I found, I read an article on Dot Esports, which is the name of the website. Right. They said this, there's a Michonne card, and they said this, Michonne, Ruthless Survivor, is a black-green five-drop that creates two walker tokens when it enters the battlefield. As long as Michonne is equipped, she must block if able, and whenever Michonne and at least two zombies attack, she gains Indestructible until the end of the turn. So, okay. So that, that's Michonne. And then the Negan card, they say, Negan, the cold-blooded, is a red-white-black 5-drop that allows each player to make their opponent sacrifice a creature. Whenever an opponent sacrifices a creature, you create a treasure token. So I don't really know what those quotes mean, but I presume if you are familiar with Magic Gathering, they will mean something to you.
1: They mean almost nothing to me because when I played Magic, it was, like I said, in the 90s, probably mid-90s, somewhere in there. Uh, And I'm sure the game has evolved significantly since that point. Uh, But essentially uh, what you need to know, Chris, is it's a card game and you have your cards and you put them out and some of them are used to power other cards. And it's basically a a combat situation in a fantasy kind of way where you uh, attack and defend. It's been a long time. But, uh, so a lot of that doesn't mean a lot to me, but a lot of it sort of means something to me or could mean something to me,
0: but not really. I mean, do you know what a black green five drop is? I do not. Okay. Well. If I did, I no longer do. All right. Fair enough. It's been a while. Well, those are two of the cards. There's a whole set being released. Uh, pre-orders are available on October the 4th, if this is the kind of thing you're intro into Now, here's the other side to this story, Jason. Apparently, there is already a petition to have the entire set banned. Of course. Of course. According to WeGotThisCovered.com, which I must admit, is a site, I don't put too much faith in for their news. They tend to make a lot of stuff up. It's just my opinion. Um, But in this case, they wrote an article about this. And since these are real cards uh, and this is a real petition... I thought I'd report it here, but this is what they said. The main sticking point appears to be born out of a disdain for cards with an extremely limited printing being usable in a competitive environment. While none of the cards revealed so far are particularly noteworthy in terms of power level, concern nonetheless remains that this is the beginning of a slippery slope that could later lead to staple cards being so rare and expensive as to favor those players with more disposable income than others yes so they're 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 basically saying that these cards are going to be in demand or maybe not these ones but this is the beginning of that kind of thing where they're so high in demand people won't be able to get them or only like People who can afford them will be able to get them, and it'll kind of tip the balance of fairness amongst players a little bit, uh, which I can see. You, you don't want these things to be uh, a rare commodity so that only certain people can get them if it's supposed to be a, a fair gaming experience for everyone, right? I thought that was
1: kind of the point of Magic the Gathering, is mm. that when they release sets, they release them in limited quantities. Right. It's, uh, from what I remember, it's when you buy, when you get a set that is a current set, they have black borders. The cards have black borders, but when they uh-huh. get reprinted, they have white borders. Well, maybe that's the thing is that they keep reprinting them, even though the card, the rare versions are the ones with the black borders and the non-rare versions are the ones with the white borders because they keep reprinting them, but they never stop printing them, I suppose. But if they have a limited series like this, I don't know if they've, they've done tie-ins before. But if this is one of the first tie-ins where they're saying this will be a limited thing, um, somebody could build a deck uh, that uses these limited cards that is extremely powerful and can and beat other players. And then if they're limited later on, the only way to get this powerful deck is by people that have the cash to spend to buy these powerful cards. Uh, so as long as it's properly balanced and that it's only kind of a, a novelty and doesn't really give you a competitive advantage necessarily, which I think ultimately it's impossible to tell before the cards are actually released and you let the public do what they will with them because people are nuts and they'll do stuff that you do not expect. That's true, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a legitimate concern, but I don't recall this. From what I know of Magic the Gathering, this is not a unique or new concern.
0: But if they print cards and then they reprint them, there's no, like when they've sold out, right? They reprint them so that more people can buy them. A, um, you would think they'd want as many people to buy them as possible because money. And But the other thing is um, when they reprint them, it's not like the reprinted versions are any different. They still are usable in exactly the same way in the game. They're not yeah. more or less powered or anything like that. So that's not a big deal. The problem comes from... Th- maybe this being a one-time exclusive printing and when they're gone, they're gone. And that kind of favors the people that can get them. Or maybe it creates an aftermarket for them where the prices start to skyrocket. Right. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. I, I can see that. Well, that's why I say I wish I had my original
1: deck. Because if I had my original deck from the mid-90s, it's probably worth some cash. I don't know if that just is because they're black bordered cards that at the time were not really rare, but now are extremely rare, or if these cards are of a type that is no longer made and Mm -hmm. may be considered more powerful than uh, anything that's made in the last 20 years.
0: Okay. Well, I couldn't tell you that's for sure, but uh, I wanted to bring it up because I, from what I know, Magic is a pretty popular game, so... If you're a Walking Dead fan out there and you're a Magic the Gathering fan, then this is something you're going to want to look into. Uh, look into, As I said, available for pre-order on October the 4th, and you can actually find out more about them during Talking Dead on the same day. Yep. Okay, the final item here in the news is kind of just a collection of quotes from Scott Gimple and Angela Kang about a variety of topics. They've been interviewed a fair bit in the last couple of weeks as we lead up to the season 10 finale. So there's a bunch of information here. Some of it is, you know, your standard producer quotes and other bits are a little more exciting, but I'm going to go through some of it here. Okay. Uh, Um, regarding season 10.5, which is the six new episodes that we're going to get in early 2021. Uh, Scott Gimple said the episodes are all designed to be filmed safely during this pandemic that we're in. There's sort of an anthological feel to some of them. They're really deep dives into our characters, which I hope people enjoy. Uh, And then he went on, we've been enjoying working on something that's a little bit different from what we were doing in the main part of season 10. We just get to feature different people and tell these little stories that all kind of add up to a picture of what our survivors are going through. And that will lead us into season 11 eventually. So... I just thought those were sort of interesting because they touch on, without getting into detail, the fact that they sort of have to change their approach to things because they're filming during a pandemic. Um, And maybe they're doing a little bit more localized, kind of less grandiose stories, maybe, so they can control things a little bit better. They don't need massive crowds of walkers, potentially, all clumped together and, and, you know, things like that. So it should be interesting. I think we're going to get six somewhat standalone episodes here rather than anything that really contributes a great deal to the overall story. I'm sure they will a little bit, because as he said, it's going to lead us into season 11, but I have a feeling this might be a little bit more anthology type stories, uh, involving characters that maybe we haven't seen quite as much of over the years.
1: Right. And they'll definitely be bottle episodes. Yeah. Right. So limited limited cast, uh, different kinds of storytelling, probably limited locations, uh, no two people in the same shot at the same time kind of thing. Shot right. From, you know, long angles, from very far away. Totally. <laughs> With or to keep, long
0: lenses, sorry. Keep it really safe. Absolutely. Yep. So, some people have speculated that these episodes will actually focus on Maggie and where and what she was doing during all of her years away so that would be something really interesting if if we're if we get a bunch of maggie stories but that's it like nobody else because she was off with this other group right right i think that would be pretty fascinating actually and you know i'm sure gimple and amc see this as a as a way to jump off into a Into another spinoff, probably, you know, the Maggie spinoff that we're going to just seed (laughs) in during season 10.5 and see where it goes. Right. I don't know if that's the thing or not, but I wouldn't be too surprised. So then regarding, sorry, then regarding the Walking Dead movies, the Andy Lincoln movies. Right. He said, Robert Kirkman is super involved. Andy Lincoln is super involved. We're using this time we have to sharpen and heighten it. Movies are much longer processed than TV, and luckily, luckily for us, we have a little bit of time to be super deliberate about it, because the fans deserve that. They do. We live in a world where everything is changing moment by moment. That said, it's still a theatrical movie, and still hoping to be a trilogy. So it sounds like they're not so sure anymore about whether it's going to end up in movie theaters, because... You know, I know movie theaters have started to reopen at this point, but they're certainly not open everywhere and still hoping to be a trilogy. It feels like they're just reevaluating everything here. Yeah. And instead of doing three movies, maybe they're only doing one or two or 10, who knows at this point really, but, uh, kind of still up in the air with the movies. It sounds like. Yeah. I think they don't know what's going on. I I guess not. And I and, think
1: they haven't known what's going on for quite a long time.
0: I, well, From what I understand, they were having some trouble before the outbreak of COVID-19, and they were fixing the script or rewriting it, and then the pandemic happened, and they're like, oh, we got lots of time now, so, you know, it's a blessing in disguise in a way. Not that I would wish this on anybody, but it might end up making The Walking Dead movies really good. Hopefully, it doesn't give them too much time, and they just take it too far and ruin the whole thing. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, on the Daryl and Carol spinoff, he said, Angela and I have been working on a story for a while and there's just a very super interesting story here. The guy says super a lot, really getting kind of strange. I personally think it's super. (laughs) Good. He goes on. There are ways the story, of course, was going to continue to keep going, but it's going to continue to keep going with Daryl and Carol. It's going to be a different show with a different tone. But the story of that corner of The Walking Dead, in some ways, it continues to go through them. So if you can parse that, you may be a better have a better mastery of the English language than I do. But I believe what he's trying to say is, we had lots of ideas for storylines to continue on The Walking Dead. But now that that show's ending, we're going to kind of continue it with Daryl and Carol instead because they're exciting. And we're just going to keep it going through the two of those characters.
1: So it's ending, but it's not ending. So don't worry about it ending, but damn it,
0: it's coming to an end. So you better watch. Right. Exactly. That's precisely what he's saying. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm glad you got that. Uh, On the new show, Tales of the Walking Dead, he says, for Tales of the Walking Dead, we very much might continue on with characters from the show, the mothership show, intermittently we're going to fulfill that big board of stories that we want to tackle. So again, lots of stories. We're just making a bunch of shows instead of one. Right.
1: This is a brand new show. may contain reused content.
0: (laughs) Right. It's just content that's been repurposed into this new show so we can have three hours of Walking Dead content a week on TV that's new instead of just one. Do they really
1: think that they can have it all with this? They like have the... uh you know, the media attention and the eyeballs on screens for a show finale, yet keep it going because they don't want to stop, uh, with the, with the, with making money and they want to create this whole brand new show. Uh, and they w- are excited about this, but they're worried about people not really watching it because it's an anthology show and you don't have to watch from week to week. So we have to tease them with, oh, we're just going to keep bringing people in from the big show to, uh, to continue on with that. So you better watch because you might miss it. It just, it seems like they're covering their asses left and right to the
0: point where it seems wishy-washy. Well, and, and, and oversaturating the airwaves with Walking Dead content and maybe, hopefully not, but maybe spreading themselves a little too thin, you know? Yeah. You know how when, when two people are nominated for, in the same category for an award, Usually neither of them win because the people that like that show, the vote gets split between the two. Neither of them rises to the top and then somebody else wins the award. I think that's a thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like that might be the thing that happens here where you want ratings, you want everybody watching, but you're going to get one group watching this show and one group watching this show. And neither of those numbers are going to be really impressive Instead of everybody watching one really solid show like we had for so long with the Walking Dead main show,
1: this I think this is uh, this is a problem I've been having with uh, consumerism in general lately. Is Mm -hmm. this uh, you know overabundance of choice, right? Yeah, Yeah. When I was a kid, you'd walk into a grocery store with my with your parents, and you'd go down the cereal aisle, and there was like seven kinds of cereal. You could buy the brand cereal or you could get the, you know, the fruity cereal with the little, you know, hardened marshmallows that puff up in milk and make everything delightful. You, <laughs> you know, there was seven kinds of cereal. You've been in a grocery store in the last little while. You have kids. You have at least, you know, last year maybe, you went to a grocery store with your kids and you walked down the cereal aisle. How many kinds of cereal are there? Oh, 478,000. It's overwhelming. <laughs> Yeah. And and then each brand of cereal has like fourteen different options. Uh-huh. Or I went to the drugstore a while ago and I wanted to buy soap. Cause I like soap. I like to be clean. I like a particular <laughs> kind of soap. I went to the grocery store or the drugstore and I looked for that soap. And they didn't have that soap. They had two the Zest soap company decided that two or three different varieties of soap were the best option. None of them were the ones that I that I used to have. I used to buy was just buy zest. Now they don't have that. They have zest fresh scent and ocean clean and some other goddamn kind. (laughs) And it's just I can't buy any of them because they're not the brand that I. They're not the kind that I like. They split the brand into three options that will be better for consumers. Yet now I cannot choose between these things. Therefore, I go look at some other kind of soap because if I'm going to get something completely different anyway. I might as well just get something completely different.
0: I was hoping you were going to say, and therefore, I haven't had a shower since. (laughs) Oh, no.
1: I actually, what happened in that particular situation was that I bought one of the kinds of of zest that looked like it was closest to what I used to buy. And I guess I don't care that much because it was close enough. Oh, well,
0: close enough is good enough, I would say. That's right.
1: So the... The sheer amount of choice that we have at the very least is adding to our stress levels because we do, I I personally, it's adding to my stress level in life because I no longer am able to confidently make a choice because uh, what if I get the wrong one? Because, you know, this, this brand of Doritos is Cool Ranch, but then we have the nacho cheese and then we have the, you know whatever other kinds of uh, Doritos, I just want my goddamn Doritos. And now, yeah. I don't, and now I have like seven different kinds of Doritos that I could buy, and I don't know what one to buy. What if I buy the wrong one? I buy a bag of Doritos and I don't like it. Do I have to buy all the Doritos?
0: Yes. Well, and and yeah. that's exactly what they want you to do.
1: But all the Doritos is too many Doritos. I don't know if you've ever had Doritos, but there's a point where you just, and it's a, it's a tipping point that you never know you're going to reach until it's way gone. It's just like, you're oh, <laughs> yum, 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 yum. Well,
0: that was way too many Doritos. Yeah. You got to be careful. It's the Dorito tipping point. Yeah. Never and, go over it.
1: Y- yeah. And you have to, because you never know you're reaching that particular precipice until you've already like ran past it by like 14 feet and you're,
0: you know, <laughs> doing that defying gravity thing and you're out, out in the air going, ah, crap, I eat too many Doritos. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. Um, but when it comes, to be honest, the amount of Walking Dead shows already causes me anxiety because I, part of me wants to cover them all. I mean, it, part it we're going to cover and watch the main show until it's done, you know, in a year and a half. Um, but I'm going to watch Fear, even though I hated it last year. I'm going to watch The World Beyond. When the yep. Daryl and Carol show comes out, I'm going to watch it. When... The Tales of the Walking Dead comes out, I'm going to watch it, but there's no possible way we could podcast about all of them here. I'd be, we'd be recording every night of the week. Yeah. And we have lives, we have day jobs and we need to keep those, right? Uh, I don't, unless I don't we- want I can, to, but we have to. Well, I, I, don't, I don't
1: want to day, uh, you know, lives, fine. Wives, yeah. fine. Kids, fine. Day jobs, eh. Yeah. It's, you know, I could, you know, if I had to choose
0: one- to get rid of, that'd be the one. Oh, well, me too. 100% agree. It's been very challenging lately in the current world climate. Um, but for now, I need the day job. So if there's some way to make this a full-time, you know, good income kind of adventure here, then all right, I'm all for it. I'll watch all the Walking Dead shows and I'll podcast every day about them. <laughs> right. You know, this week in the Walking Dead.
1: Yeah. And I, to bring it back around, there's just, there's, there's too much, right? It's, it's, it's too much of a commitment to have to watch
0: all of those shows. Whose fault do you think this is? Like, do you blame AMC for this? Do you blame Scott Gimple or is that the same thing? Do you blame Robert Kirkman? Like I,
1: n- No, because this is a trend well beyond The Walking Dead. This is everything. It's, uh, it's every company out there with a brand is to maximize the potential of that brand. And that's their entire fucking job is to saturate the market with as much brand recognition and to get as many eyeballs slash dollars as they possibly can out of that brand. So in order to do that, they have... Uh, all these new shows they have, and they have to have the walking dead in the title of every one of these shows. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to title the, uh, uh, the Daryl and Carol variety hour. Cause that's what it's going to be essentially. Uh, I don't know how they're going to fit the walking dead quote unquote inside that title because, mm-hmm. you know, the Carol and Daryl variety hour is much better than Carol and Daryl's
0: v- walking dead adventures. I don't know. That's not bad. <laughs> It's pretty bad. (laughs) Okay, fair. Well, I I know this is a problem across all of society, I guess, Um, but I just wonder, in this specific case, like, do the AMC executives go, come down and say, we got to keep this sucker going, or does Robert Kirkman say, I want to keep getting royalties off of everything here, so make another show, make another show? You know, it's probably no, all those
1: things. It's it's somebody who's managing the brand. There's brand managers out there, and I'm sure The Walking Dead has a whole department on managing that brand. And it's not just TV, right? TV is just the the lost leader into the other other stuff like Magic the Gathering cards or action figures or video games or com- well, comic books started the whole thing, but uh, you know what I mean? It's just it's so everywhere yep. that there's theme park rides, there's, uh, you know, stuff that happens every year. There's, there's just, there's so much Walking Dead stuff that, uh, it's not just one person saying, Hey, this is a good idea. Hey, this is a good idea. It's a department of people that are going, Hey, we need to manage this brand. How do we get a brand to be as big as possible? We have as many different options for buying that brand as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Napkins, plates. Like I'm sure if you go into a party store, you could buy a Walking Dead theme Party equipment, uh, you know, the plates, the cups, the hats, the balloons, the whatever. I'm sure there's Walking Dead, everything related to that. 100%. Yeah, I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Yeah. So it's,
0: I don't think it's one person. I think it's a department's, a whole department's job well, to yeah. do this shit. Totally. I mean, and it sounds like we're complaining. I don't want it to sound like we're complaining. I love the Walking Dead main show. It's just... It's, uh, stress inducing when there's, when there's so much stuff going on, but. Sorry, my complaints are uh,
1: society-wide, not Walking Dead specific.
0: Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. We, we love The Walking Dead and we will continue to love the main show forever. And who knows, maybe World Beyond is going to be so good that we won't be able to not talk about it. Right? We'll find out. The first, the first episode of that is on AMC Plus tonight as well. Right. Remember uh, back in
1: the late eighties, early nineties? and you wanted to buy an Apple computer, so you went out and bought the Apple computer. (laughs) The one, yeah. The one, and that was it, right? That was the one. It's like, hey, they've come up with a new one, and you went and bought the new one. Mm -hmm. Now, walk into an Apple store, uh, you've got 17 different kinds of iPhones. A lot of them. It's true. Anyway, it's, yeah, it's not just The Walking Dead.
0: It's also Apple. (laughs) And everything else, apparently. (laughs) It's cereal and soap. Well, I got one more quote here about other potential shows, and he says, I think there'll be others. I hope there'll be others. There's ideas that we're working on right now. So Carol and Daryl, that's the first one we're doing, but we have a really cool idea around it that very much relates to this story and what we're going to be telling over the next 30 episodes. There may have already been some hints about what the spinoff might entail, You may want to pay specific attention during the upcoming finale on October the 4th. There's some seeds being planted. So what he's trying to say there is watch closely because there's seeds being planted for the Daryl and Carol show and, you know, possibly 15 other shows that they have rattling around in their mind.
1: Yeah. So your best bet is to never stop watching AMC.
0: Never stop. Don't even turn it off. Just prop your eyeballs open and stare at it all day long. Yes. That's what they want. All right, that is the Walking Dead news, everybody. Hopefully you got something out of that. Now we are going to move on into our non-Walking Dead portion of the podcast, potentially, you know, the last non-Walking Dead segment for a while. But this is about a movie called The Boy. And the reason we chose this to watch is because it stars uh, Lauren Cohan. Mm -hmm. and As we all know, she is coming back to The Walking Dead uh, this week. And uh, we thought it would be fun to watch one of her back catalog of films. This is about four years old, this movie. I think it's from 2016. And it is described on IMDb this way. An American nanny is shocked that her new English family's boy is actually a life-size doll. After she violates a list of strict rules, disturbing events make her believe that the doll is really alive cool yeah so there you go that's kind of the summary of the film and i do want to say that we are going to spoil this movie i know we always do but just in case anyone hasn't been listening in a while <laughs> we always we will... spoil this movie we always we always spoil it. Well, we spoil everything we talk about especially this one you can't really talk about this film i don't think without spoiling it and frankly that you know imdb description in a way is a little bit of a spoiler but be warned we will be spoiling the boy more or less from the beginning. So if you haven't seen it, stop now, go watch the movie and then come back and listen. So Jason, that's yeah. what the movie is about. Lauren Cohan goes to the UK. She becomes a nanny and then, na- and the baby she's looking after is actually a doll, mm-hmm. a kind of a creepy sort of porcelain faced doll of this boy. It's life size to about a eight year old, maybe 10 year old. And, um, she has to look after it. So things go a bit weird. And of course she thinks this whole situation is a little bit strange. It's a little weird. And yeah, the movie kind of plays out off of that original premise. So I'll, I'll let you go first. What, what did you think of the boy? Uh, from a
1: general point of view, I thought it was derivative claptrap that was, you know, predict- predictable, from almost a first moment that they walked in the house, or she walked in the house. Mm -hmm. But there was moments of mild interest. Let me tell you a story. Please do. So (laughs) usually when we watch a movie or a TV show or what have you, I don't watch it until the last possible second. So that was what was looking like was going to happen with this particular movie for me. Until... I fell asleep at around eight o'clock last night because I've been exhausted lately, and I fell asleep and I woke up at midnight and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I went downstairs and I sat in the living room, didn't turn on any lights. I brought my iPhone with me and my headphones with me, and I put on the movie and I watched it. Uh, and so I'm sitting downstairs, you know, one o'clock in the morning. Uh, the house is quiet. The house is dark, and I'm watching this movie. And all of a sudden, I start hearing crying, and I'm like, "What the?" fuck is going on? Why? And it was long, but it was not long, but it was a little bit before the doll started making noises and doing stuff. And it was just, uh, you know, being a creepy doll. And so I started hearing crying and I started getting a little freaked out a little bit because it didn't sound like it was coming from my headphones until I realized, oh, my son's woken up and, uh, needs to be comforted a little bit. So I went upstairs and, you know, put my hand on his back and he was asleep three seconds later. Mm-hmm. So the movie managed to freak me out in that regard in that it kind of meshed with real life for a few minutes and uh, gave me a kind of a creepy feeling. So I went back to the movie with that creepy feeling. uh, And for about another 15, 20 minutes, I kind of enjoyed myself with that creepy feeling. Well, that's good, man. It
0: actually creeped you out.
1: Yes. And that, uh, and I have to credit, well, do I credit the movie or do I credit real life or do I credit the, uh, you know, the synergy of real life and the movie? Uh, But. You know, scary movies don't necessarily scare me, so I kind of missed the point. Uh, this one kind of freaked me out a little bit, so it, I'll have it to gets give it. gets
0: the assist from your son, basically.
1: Yes. And it also gets the assist. Uh, the other thing I have to give this movie credit for is the use of mask. And I've talked about this before, uh, where, um, you know, there's, there's a whole theatrical uh, style called mask, where, you mm-hmm. know, you see the, uh, the comedy and tragedy masks for, that represent theater, right? So yep. I've, you know, worked with theater people, artsy fartsy types that have done mask in the past, and they've actually shown me, you know, that every mask has multiple um, emotions, even though it's just mm-hmm. a simple static mask, it has multiple emotions. It ha- you can show uh, fear and comedy and uh, trepidation and uh, amusement all without actually changing the facial expression. And it's quite, uh, it's weird to behold, and kind of uh, amazing to see a professional actor do that with mask. And this movie kind of did that because the child, the doll, had a porcelain head, and so it mm-hmm. had that porcelain mask, and was able to show multiple emotions and successfully, I think. And that also has to do with. Um, I meant to look it up, but there is a famous shot that Hitchcock used to use, uh, where you would show like when you cut from one one shot to another, and the other shot is a face. Depending on what you cut from, the face has different meanings. Even though it's the same physical shot, if the face if before, prior to showing the face, the static somebody standing there with just looking in the in the distance. If prior to that you see a murder scene, uh, and then you show the face. You are assuming that the face is reacting to the murder scene, and you see emotions in that, but then you do the exact same thing, but prior to that, you see a love scene, somebody like, you know, a couple of people uh, making out in the middle of a field, and then you show the face, same face, it's Alfred Hitchcock, it's the same exact shot, but it has a completely different meaning, and it is quite the thing to behold to see that. Uh, I think that this movie used that and did it kind of successfully, even though ultimately the payoff was way predictable and kind of ridiculous. But I think, right, in the beginning when they were first showing the doll, and, you know, quite frankly, you were expecting the doll's face, you know, the eyes to move or the face to change or some kind of paranormal thing to happen. But that never happened because ultimately it was just a doll. hmm So... I think that I have to give the movie that credit, that they, I think, successfully used
0: that method of theater to tell their story. Well, you touch on a lot of things there, and I think that that is a really interesting well, concept, first of all. Like, the same face can depict all kinds of emotions depending on what you, as the viewer first of all, bring to the table, right? What you are expecting that person's face to be reacting to. Um, And also what is happening around that character and what maybe some of the other characters are doing. It all influences what you take away from from that shot, basically. That's really fascinating, actually. And I think you're right. I think this movie uses that to a certain degree Um, and uses it effectively. The other thing I think it does, um, and you also touched on it, is that we as viewers are conditioned a little bit to expect certain things, right? So throughout this film, or throughout most of it anyways, I was very much ready for that doll to come alive or to, like you said, its eyes to move or it it to show some sign of life. Right. And again, and to the movie's credit, they never went there. It was just a doll the whole time, but they did it in such a way there where the camera lingers on the doll for just a little longer, maybe than you'd expect. And you're staring at it going, it's going to move. It's going to move. It's going to move. And then it doesn't move. Yeah. Except for the dream sequences, which were cheap. Well, you're right. There were two, at least two dream sequences. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Although the first dream sequence was the one where she walks up to the painting and it's a jump scare An arm comes out of the painting and grabs her neck. Right. I actually thought that one was okay. Come on. She wakes up in a room full of candles.
1: Who goes to sleep with that many candles lit?
0: Okay. (laughs) That, well, I have another point about that kind of stuff in this movie, but just before I get there, I thought the, that jump scare was actually okay because again I was kind of expecting the painting to move or it to you know pull a Harry Potter thing and the people in the paintings were were sort of alive but right. they didn't go there instead this arm pumps out and grabs her neck and there's a loud noise and it startled me I got to admit um so I didn't mind that one uh as for the candles so that's a that's a bigger thing about this movie I kind of like the film Right. Despite the fact that nothing in this movie made any sense at all, like zero. And the candles was kind of my, well, it wasn't my first indication of that, but it was near the beginning of the film. So I was just starting to come around to the idea that, you know what? I don't think any of this makes sense. None of this quote unquote rings true, um, even though I'm sort of enjoying it. Right. so. I I think I was able to put all of the nonsensical stuff in a bucket and just leave it over there beside me and then enjoy everything else about this this movie um that you know did well not, I'm not going to say did make sense but that had nothing to do with the fact that it was kind of ridiculous and right. and I'll tell you so the first thing that I thought of is she she arrives at this house in a taxi and Nobody greets her. Mm -hmm. She just walks in the door, puts her stuff down, takes her shoes off, starts walking around the house. Seems like nobody's there. I'm like, this is dumb. No one would ever arrive at a creepy old mansion like this to do a job and there'd be nobody there to greet her. Well, the taxi driver told her, right?
1: He said they're out doing errands or they're out doing something. They'll be back.
0: They've asked you to, to wait in the parlor. Well, I still don't think it made sense. I'm like, there'd be it, it just, it just wouldn't happen. Like you'd show up and there'd be someone there to like greet you.
1: Oh right? yeah, you're, yeah. I mean, there's no, you know, reality
0: doesn't, you know, it takes a big vacation in this movie. <laughs> a huge vacation. Um, and then related to that, when she takes off her shoes, she has like stars and stripes socks on in case anyone was confused about her being American. <laughs> what? You don't have the... stars and stripes socks or at least <laughs> no. Canadian socks? I, I've got Canada flag socks. Yeah. You do? But just in case you Seriously? were confused. Do you? Uh, No. I have uh, Deadpool socks. I have Han Solo socks Yeah, and a number of socks that don't have patterns. Oh yeah. Jasper on. has
1: a lot of Batman socks and Spider-Man
0: socks and See? socks that say Wednesday. Uh, and uh-huh. they're great. He has better socks
1: go. than I do. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. So that was that. And then the candle thing, I agree. She wakes up from a dream and there's like 150 candles burning all throughout the house. I'm like, this is a fire hazard. Of the <laughs> yeah. worst. We've all lived through
1: blackouts. We know the rules. Do not light candles if you're going to go to sleep.
0: Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I was like, yeah, that makes no sense. But on a grander scale, I also don't really understand sort of the, some of the bigger actions by these characters. So the, the old couple who considers this doll their child go away on a vacation, they say, and they end up drowning themselves and they never had any intention of, of coming back. Yeah. And I must admit, I didn't even really understand that. Like, why, why were they doing that? Were they, were they overwhelmed with grief about the death of their son I should explain, I guess, that their actual son apparently died in a fire yeah. and this doll was a replacement for their actual son. So were they overwhelmed with grief because of that? Um, you know, was it something else that made them want to get away? Were they trying to like pass him on to uh, Lauren Cohan? Um, yes. You know, for some reason, like, but, but I didn't understand why. Well, well let me uh, tell you. Okay. So they know full well
1: that their son is not dead and living in the walls. Sorry, that's a big spoiler, but they know full well, and that they're pretending that this doll, uh, they, I assume that the, as soon as they said the boy died in a fire, I'm like, oh, okay, he's burnt up and living in the in the walls, uh, and I, you know, I knew exactly what was where the where the sun was, because as soon as she said, oh, he'd be about your age, I'm like, oh, okay, so he's living in the walls, and then the old folks, so here's what I think happened, was that when they put him in the walls they used this doll as a surrogate for taking care of him for whatever reason. And then he started to like this and was basically forcing the parents to uh, care for this doll uh, as you know he wanted to be cared for. But they couldn't do it forever and they knew that uh, they were kind of on the fence for, you know, I love my son. I want to do this for him, but we can't do this anymore. This is just ridiculous. So let's get a nanny and then go and kill ourselves and leave and, you know, let him uh, be with the nanny. And even the letter that they wrote, right, when they were working through the walls or they finally got into the walls and they found, she she was scrambling around, she found the life sized doll of her uh, and then picked up the letter to read, which is a ridiculous thing to do. Oh my God, this guy's chasing me. I found this place. It's all very strange. I better read this letter. Uh, so she reads the letter and it says that, uh, the letter says that we're giving you this girl. So the it wasn't that they were leaving him to be cared for by the nanny, is that they were giving him, they were trying to find someone to give to him in order to uh, get away from him. So, they were trying to get away from him. from my understanding was uh, they, they, they all for a long time now, they couldn't do this anymore and they needed to kill themselves.
0: Well, I, I don't know if that was, I mean, I can see that, but I'm not sure all of that was all that clear in the movie. But if you, if you go back a step, like, uh, I mean, why, why was he in the walls? Right. He was living in there and, he was because he in committed this f- murder and they needed to hide him oh, right. He was in this fire, and another girl
1: died in the fire. no uh, he she went over for a birthday party. They found her in the woods with her head all caved in by a rock be- when he brought her into the woods, and then by the time the police showed up at the house, it was on fire, and the boy died, so the police were never able to uh you know convict him for anything, so they were hiding him. Uh, because Parents we're hiding him. Yeah. I assume he got burned in the fire, but he might not have been, maybe only his face got burned in the fire. I have no idea because he was also wearing a mask. Uh, but they were high, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't allow him to be part of their family because the police would come and convict him of this murder.
0: Okay. All right. I, I, I was thoroughly confused by the film because... I didn't really put all of this together and I had a hard time figuring out why is he in the walls? Is he terrorizing the parents? Are they keeping him there for some reason? But then why do they want to kill themselves? None of it really made any sense to me, and i 'm not sure it still makes a lot of sense doesn 't make a lot of sense and living in the walls apparently <laughs> these are magic walls
1: a magic this is a magic house it 's got to be a magic house because first <laughs> of all, every single room has a has a a space behind the walls that 's big enough for a grown man to 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 walk through yeah uh, and the walls all have slats with uh, mortar or whatever it's called stucco or uh, the old manufacturer, before they had drywall, they had these slats with walls and you could see through them, mm-hmm. but only from the behind the wall to the actual inside of the room. Cause if you're in the actual room, everything's like wallpaper, right? There's no little <laughs> lines and shit to see through. So, uh, yeah. you got magic goddamn walls in a magic house with, uh, you know, uh, crawl spaces or magic, uh, not magic, but, uh, secret passages throughout
0: the entire house. Right. It was just right.
1: so ridiculous.
0: Well, I I didn't really I can't say I saw that coming so much. Uh but but what I did appreciate about this film, what I did expect to happen is for it to go supernatural. There right. is there are so many movies, especially in this genre, and I think especially in PG-13, you know, in the PG-13 range of of films where it's supposed to be this sort of horror thriller and it is for a while, but then they always introduce a supernatural supernatural element. And to the credit of this film, they don't go supernatural. The doll is just a doll. the The, the real monster is hiding in the walls. And he doesn't have powers. He's just really good at sneaking around. He was so
1: super strong though, because when she went to kiss him goodnight, she, he threw her like all the way across the room. And that's, that's like lifting a motorcycle level strength. It's uh, on,
0: motorcycle weighs more than Lauren Cohan.
1: No, I know. But you know, the strength of lifting a motorcycle is is more than a human, but it's not the Hulk, right? The Hulk can rip a car in half and bang it together and throw it across the room but lifting a motorcycle is captain america level strength right it's not like super 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 strength but it's goddamn strong enough for him to pick up a uh you know a punching bag with one hand
0: i think you've uh, nailed that perfectly yeah yeah so he's got captain
1: america level strength is what i'm thinking maybe not the other superpowers of captain america like captain america i personally believe that he has the uh, superpower of leadership that well, other yeah. other super uh, humans don't have that's mm-hmm. his
0: superpower Absolutely. Um, I, I do agree. He, he, he flings her across the room with some, um, gusto, yeah. <laughs> let's say, but the moving doesn't go supernatural, right? Like I was, I was hoodwinked a little bit. I was waiting for the doll to come alive or something really super creepy to happen. And that it was the, actually the doll doing it, but it they don't go there. And I appreciated that. So, all of the stuff that I didn't get and that I thought didn't make sense about this movie, I was able to put aside and be like, okay, they kind of got me and it was, it was not too bad. So, um, that I have to say, I appreciated about this movie. Yeah.
1: The other things that disappointed me about this movie was we had a, super typical survivor girl situation she went through the the vagina the birth canal uh <laughs> at the end there and, and that turned her from victim into uh you know vanquisher so that was it was a little redundant there was uh there was el- there was a whole shower scene just like psycho uh so I was a little disappointed in that uh there was uh you know the bad guy was alive all the, all the whole time and he's wearing a mask and he lives in the walls that didn't seem original to me. I can't quite pinpoint what movies that came from, but, uh, that it's kind of a Mike Myers kind of thing, uh, and or even Freddy Krueger, like, uh, he was wronged and his coming back for vengeance kind of thing. Uh, uh-huh. who knows what his motivations were. Uh, then we've got, uh, was it, what's his name? The, uh, Quasimodo. What's the name of that, that story? Hunchback um, in Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or even Phantom of the Opera, right. Where, uh, Phantom, it's more Phantom of the Opera than Hunchback of Notre Dame, right. He's, you know, he's living in the theater, but nobody knows he's there. Even though I've never seen Phantom of the Opera, I, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure that's what it's about. Sure. <laughs> right. You know, so it's, uh, it, very little of this movie was actually original. Uh, except for, you know, I have to give credit where the, you know, doing the the theater mask
0: thing, uh, you know, even though, you know, Phantom of the Opera probably did that too. Sure. I, I mean, you, I don't know if I'd call that original, but well done in this movie and, and fascinating in a way. Um, yeah, you're right about the, so she comes there's the shower scene, which didn't bother me at all. Um, but everything that followed it for the next five to 10 minutes, I thought was ridiculous because she comes out, she's wearing a towel. You know, she hears a noise in the attic, the attic, uh, trap drops down and the ladder comes down and she spends the next like 10 minutes of movie exploring up there in the towel. I'm like, just get dressed. You don't go creeping around somewhere in a towel.
1: Yeah. And obviously if you couldn't get this thing down, uh, you know, it didn't just open on its own and then it closed on its own and then it opened on its own. And that's what she assumed happened, right? Oh, there's, oh, is there somebody up there? I should go check. This thing happened to this, uh, this ladder going to the attic must have opened by itself. And you go up there and then she knocks her head and decides to sleep for 10 hours, uh, until daytime. And then it uh-huh. opens up on its own. It's like, oh, well, I guess that's over with now. Phew. And, and good thing the towel never fell off. Oh <laughs> well, no, you know, magic <laughs> towels. It's fine. I, you know, I'm fine with magic towels. Clearly a magic
0: towel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And that's sort of it for me. I, I, I kind of liked it, but none of it made any sense. Yeah. I don't know if I have anything else to to say about this movie. Lauren Cohan was good. You know, I thought she was, she was fine. And the guy who played Malcolm Rupert Evans, Rupert Evans, uh, not an actor I know, but I found him pleasing to watch as well. He was in, uh, what was he in?
1: I don't know, but this
0: was mostly. Oh, the man in the high castle. Yeah. Oh, I only watched one episode of that. Um,
1: I've got, it was okay. I mean, it was good, but uh, I have problems with the, uh, the Nazi imagery, even though it was portrayed as, you know, ultimately evil, mm-hmm. it was still very kind of, uh, hey, look how cool the Nazis could look uh, yeah, kind, of, yeah. kind of imagery taken out of context. There was a lot there for people to pick up on as, man, those Nazis really got it together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I don't know if, uh, I,
0: that's something I, you want to get behind, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but uh, so I have a problem with that kind of you know even and it's typical of movies and television that even if you show something as evil and as bad, uh there is a potential for it taken out of context to be seen as good. Sure. Yes, exactly. So, anyway, Man in the High Castle, good show. I got some problems with it. Troublesome. There you Troublesome.
0: Go. Um yeah. So Lauren, Co- this was a, a good chunk of this movie was like the Lauren Cohen show. You know, she was, she yeah. was, did a lot of it on her own by herself, reacting to things that weren't really there or weren't really happening, or at least the doll wasn't doing them. Um, and, th- and that was all really good. And this Rupert Evans guy I thought was, was pretty good. So, you know, it's, it's worth a watch if you are sitting around and want to, uh, want to spend 90 minutes doing something.
1: <laughs> I kind of like the fact that this movie didn't take place anywhere but the house, you mm-hmm. know, the, you know, the old couple killing themselves that was outside, uh, you know, a, a second unit kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I guess the bulk of the movie took place within the fence line, right? Mm-hmm. They went to the gate a couple of times, but it even started after, uh, essentially after they got to the house, she wakes up in the cab and goes inside. And I kind of liked that style because it was just, uh, we have no context for her. We don't know anything about her. We don't know anything. It's a fresh start. She just wakes up in a cab and she's in a situation. Right.
0: right. But the movie reveals things about her. Like she's on the phone yes. with her friend back home and we find out a little bit about her past, which actually plays into the film in a big way towards the end. Well, uh, they needed this guy they,
1: and they needed this backstory because how else was the doll going to get broken? Like there was nobody there that was part of this family or even her that could be responsible for breaking this doll. So they needed an outside doll breaker guy. So they needed him to be the most evil, vile son of a bitch they could muster up. Mm -hmm. So they went with an ex-husband or- uh, Ex-boyfriend. Ex-boyfriend and and said, uh, oh, you know, he came over and he was very mean. So I, they, somebody Gave him her address. He's like, well, I'm not reading anything that he sends. It's like, you dummy. He's coming there. <laughs> right. You know, have you met bad guys before? <laughs> <laughs> this is what He's they coming do. to the house. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so, yeah. but
0: they needed to, him to break the doll, right? So yeah, That was his whole point. They did, for sure. You know, there's a doll, to, or sorry, The Boy 2, that came out this year, 2020. It's called Brahms, colon, The Boy 2. And <laughs> well, I knew there would be a sequel based on the, uh the last shot of the movie,
1: I'm like, oh yeah, okay, so they're setting this up for a sequel.
0: Yeah, of course. Well, it stars Katie Holmes. <laughs> of course. So, so, uh, maybe we have to watch this someday. I don't know. I mean, we got to see the, the boy, what do you call it Duo, uh, duality or something like that. Duology. Duology. Yeah. We got to watch the boy duology. Uh, maybe someday. I don't know. Um, but could be fun. It has a 4.6 out of 10 rating on imdb the boy the first one has a 6 out of 10 so slightly better right all right well that is the boy starring lauren cohan if you're looking for something to watch before you see her on the walking dead soon you know you give this a try i'd be curious to hear what what people think of it all right before we wrap up here everyone I want to send out a couple of quick thank yous to people that have supported the podcast. Um, First of all, Siobhan R. who made a contribution via PayPal. Thank you so much, Siobhan. And Kevin K. who did the same thing on PayPal. So thank you to both of you uh, from, you know, deep down in our hearts. Uh, We very much appreciate it. If you would like to help support the Talking Dead podcast as we wrap up season 10 here and move on into the future with new shows and season eleven. You can do that by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash the talking dead. That's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the talking dead, where you can become a patron. And that means you basically make a small monthly pledge that uh, comes to us and it really helps out a great deal. If that's not your thing, you can also make a one-time contribution just like Siobhan and Kevin did by hitting talkingdeadpodcast.com slash PayPal. That is a very easy way to do it. Thank you so much to everyone who listens and to everyone who contributes. We very, very much appreciate it. All right. So coming up next time on the podcast, Mr. Miles, we will be recording on Tuesday, October the 6th, and we will be recapping season 10, episode 16 of The Walking Dead. It's titled A Certain Doom and it's directed by Greg Nicotero. So, title reads, people. If you want to do a title read for that episode, that would be greatly appreciated as well. And if you're recording your name for the intro, you could also do a title read at the same time. I'm just saying. Um, As I said, it's called A Certain Doom, and I would love to get some title reads for this one. So send those in if you can. All right. That will be next week. And then following that, we will... Most likely do our regular Thursday feedback show. Cool. Assuming we get some feedback, I have a pretty good feeling that we will. So make sure you get that in as well. I know it's a lot to ask, but we have the greatest listeners on the internet and they love being a part of this and contributing. So I don't think it's a big deal. So name reads, title read, feedback. It's all awesome. It's nice to have a Walking Dead episode on the air coming this weekend. Uh Mm-hmm. All right. You can also get in touch with us by visiting us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead. Send all your email to talking deadpodcast at gmail.com and record any messages you would like to send our way by visiting the website and hitting send voicemail at the top. You can record right in your browser, on your phone, whatever, and it comes straight to us. I'm excited. I'm excited. There's new walking dead on. It's been a while.
1: It's been a while, my friend, and it's been fucking crazy since the last time we watched New Walking Dead, so uh,
0: it's going to be good. It's going to be awesome and if we're lucky we could watch it tonight on AMC Plus. We got to look into that.
1: Yeah, I've been looking in that, into that and I haven't been successful as of yet. So I'm cuz the link that uh, in the email that I sent takes to takes me to amazon.com See? for information. So I'm not entirely convinced and I'd like to retract my previous statement of me knowing something. So <laughs> uh, anytime I know something It's wrong. Dang it. Well.
0: So, but let us know if you are successful and we'll keep trying. Well, you know, you have an Amazon.com account in addition to the Canadian Amazon. So just like I do. So, you know, that's probably where you went wrong. But in any case. Oh, yeah. Some, yeah. Sometime between now and next Tuesday evening, we'll be watching New Walking Dead and then recording about it that (laughs) night.
1: Sorry. I was just thinking of, see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Don't think of that. Because you know what that stands for.
0: Yeah. It's a <laughs> it's a greeting that says I'll be seeing you in the future on the next Tuesday that comes up. Yes. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Until next Tuesday, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao.